everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome back to the Human Library Podcast. Today, I am very excited and very humbled uh, to welcome Dr. Choi Keng Chiu to our show. Uh, Dr. Choi is actually an endocrinologist and also an internal medicine physician at uh, KPJ Ampang Putri Specialist Hospital. Uh, he specializes in a wide range of disorders such as osteoporosis, diabetes mellitus, thyroid disorders, as well as metabolic disorders. Uh, Dr. Choi is actually very highly regarded in the medical field, having given many speeches and talks and lectures uh, on diabetes, endocrinology, as well as clinical research. Uh, Dr. Choi, thank you so much for taking your time off your busy schedule today to come and have a chat with us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Uh, doctor, how do you feel today on, on this fine day? Mm, it's a good day. Okay. Um, that's very good. That, today, we will be actually focusing on a very important topic, especially in the, the Malaysian public health care, um, which is diabetes mellitus. So, uh, diabetes mellitus is actually a very major public health concern in Malaysia. Uh, it affects up to 3.6 million people in uh, the Malaysian population with a prevalence rate of about 16.8% in 2020. So first and foremost, before we begin, can you uh, explain to us, doctor, what is uh, the meaning of diabetes mellitus to our audience who might not have a medical background? Yeah, well, in brief, Diabetes mellitus is a group of metabolic diseases where the body does not produce enough insulin or does not respond normally to the effects of insulin. And this causes the blood glucose levels to be abnormally high. So I think that's a very good and comprehensive and a very brief um, explanation for uh, diabetes. So doctor, in your opinion, right, what are the challenges that uh, health uh, healthcare professionals face or healthcare providers face when treating patients with diabetes? Yeah, there are multiple challenges that we face when treating patients with diabetes mellitus. One of which is that we have many patients who get detected too late. So they may not always have symptoms of the disease. So that's why they actually uh, don't go for screening, they don't get detected. Another problem is that even when they are diagnosed with the disease, it is sometimes difficult to convince patients that they actually need treatment as they are not aware of the implications and dangers of having poorly controlled disease. And of course, this isn't helped by the numerous myths and misconceptions that are circulating regarding the disease and its treatment. Mm, I see. Uh, doctor, like, um, can you give like an example personally, like uh, the kind of challenges that you have faced when you have, uh, with your patients in treating uh, diabetes? Well, sometimes they get um, uh, they they are started on treatment, but then after some time they fall off. You know, they stop treatment, they stop coming for follow up, and then come years later with complications. And then when you ask them what happened. They said that because their, their neighbours, their relatives told them these medications for diabetes are harmful to them, will cause them trouble with their kidneys, and then they went to try some alternative or traditional medications which did not work, the glucose levels are still high, and then they later on developed complications. 
So that's why it's very important to actually educate the public that the treatment for diabetes is actually helping to control the disease as well as to prevent complications to their internal organs and uh, not harm them instead. Yeah? Of course, every medication we need to give with the necessary advice and also individualize the treatment to the patient because certain types of medications are more suitable for certain groups of patients and some medications may not be suitable in certain patients with certain conditions. So that's why we need to comprehensively assess each and every patient and give the individualized treatment that is required. I see. Uh, doctor, do you think that this uh, concept, this misconception on how harmful the medication or treatment is to, uh, to their own health, uh, do you think this comes from mostly the older generations or do you see the same in younger generations as well? Or do you think um, because of um, the, uh, the myths, I guess, that we can say like uh, they like to uh, spread rumors about this, do you think it comes from the older generations or do you think we see this mm. in uh, younger people as well? Actually? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's exclusive to the older generation because there, there have been young patients who also are easily misled uh, but a lot of times, the younger generation uh, would also be more of the <laughs> uh, not bothered kind of attitude, rather, mm -hmm. uh, because they don't feel the problems or the complications yet. Yeah, They don't feel, because diabetes is usually a painless disease until you get complications. So it's quite easy to actually brush off the, the alarming blood, uh, I mean, blood test results that you see just because you don't feel sick per se. So that, that's why some people actually put off getting the necessary treatment. Mm, so doctor, in your opinion, right, how can we as uh, medical students or even as young people, how do we keep ourselves well informed and how do we, uh, how should we talk to our uh, relatives as well to, to prevent this kind of misconceptions from, from spreading to other people? Well, of course, um, always keep up to date with the latest in the field, the latest developments, and then get involved, uh, get involved in big as well as small scale events. For example, doing this kind of uh, event, even public talks, or even just simple sharing with your small community in whatever uh, platform you may have, huh? small neighborhood gatherings, community or religious gatherings, whatever way you have to touch other people and to actually explore, you know, uh, these kind of things with them. Yeah. If you ever have a chance, you hear people uh, sharing about media uh, misgivings or the misconceptions that they may have, you can always take the opportunity to try to gently correct them and explain to them what you know. That's true. Uh, yes, I agree with you, Doctor. Um, in your opinion, do you think that the Malaysian culture or the Malaysian food is a contributing factor <laughs> to the high rate of uh, diabetes in Malaysia? Well, our, our abundance of delicious food does indeed lead to temptation. And also, we, we do have the tendency to actually emphasize on working long hours with uh, sometimes insufficient breaks uh, uh, to rest and to do exercise. And there's always a less lack of emphasis on exercise and quite a lot of uh, sedentary behaviors that actually happen uh, that are actually very commonplace in our society. Um, so, Doctor, in your opinion, what is your advice for us 
uh, young people or for uh, for those who are also going through diabetes like what is your advice on managing diabetes from the aspect of their diet and lifestyle yeah so for 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 both audience you know people who have diabetes or family members uh, who have diabetes how you advise them with regards to diet and lifestyle uh, it would always be to practice a balanced lifestyle balance in terms of uh, moderation in diet as well as having adequate exercise and trying to avoid or reduce sedentary behavior consciously make good food choices daily Doctor, do you think, in your opinion, being in a healthcare system also equates to commitment to one's own health? For example, do you think doctors and nurses, they have um, a lower rate of diabetes compared to, uh, let's say, a non-medical uh, health professional? Well, I, I would say not necessarily because we always have to be mindful ourselves of the importance of taking care of ourselves and maintaining our health status. It doesn't mean that just because we work in this environment, we are automatically protected or we automatically put a better emphasis on taking care of our health. Yeah, uh, There are many uh, overweight uh, healthcare professionals as well, uh, many who have diseases also. Sometimes uh, my colleagues, I can see some who are working very hard, they don't have enough time to take care of themselves also. Yeah. So we always have to be mindful and remind each other. Yeah. So taking into consideration the hectic lifestyles that mm. uh, medical health professionals actually face, what yeah. do you think is um, um, a practical solution or a practical way for us to be mindful of this uh, diabetes and for us to be more proactive in taking care of our health? I think put it as a priority to actually have time to eat well, to rest enough, and to be always, uh, always remember. So when we see patients, try to put ourselves in the patient's shoes also. If if I, I were having this kind of lifestyle, doing this kind of thing, am I also likely to have this health condition? And how do I prevent it? How do I keep take care of myself so that I can be well longer to take care of other people? Yeah. I think it's important to always remember that. Yes. Uh, doctor, do you think, in your opinion, was it is it difficult for you to balance uh, this hectic lifestyle but also uh, put a priority on your health in your own experience? It definitely is difficult, <laughs> especially when you are in a, in a, when a busy hospital or you're a junior that you need to have many <laughs> things you need to fulfill, yeah? many commitments, many kind of expectations you need to fulfill and you're pre preparing for your, your studies, your exams, postgraduate exams. It is difficult to juggle all of this, yeah? but still be mindful. Uh, health is always important. If you can't maintain your health, you're not likely to be able to succeed long term in what you do. Yes, agreed. Prevention is always better than cure. Definitely. Doctor, do you think, in your opinion, um, are Malaysians well informed of the dangers of diabetes? I think not well enough. There are still many who believe in myths, misconceptions regarding the disease and treatment used in diabetes, so much so that proper diagnosis and treatment is delayed. There still needs to be a lot of work 
to do uh, in order to educate and make people aware of the reality of the disease. Mm. Doctor, do you have any specific um, advice for uh, medical students? Like any specific events that we can join, for example, that can help us ensure a better understanding of diabetes in our community? Mm, keep in touch with the latest uh, diabetes workshops and updates. Yeah? There, there are many of these available throughout the year. Uh, Diabetes Malaysia, National Diabetes Institute, for example. Yeah, we, There are a lot of these kind of updates that you can actually participate in. So I'm sure that's very useful for our listeners as well who, are, who might be interested in uh, increasing their depth of knowledge for this disease. Um, so we also, uh, when looking through your profile, we also noticed that uh, you that you also have um, uh, experience in mm. research as well, uh, yeah. specifically research in endocrinology. So doctor, yeah. would you mind uh, in sharing your endeavors with us as a clinical researcher uh, of endocrinology disorders? Yeah. So I had been uh, involved in clinical trials in the past uh, that looked at uh, new classes of medications used to treat diabetes mellitus, heart failure as well as other diseases, uh, even since my days as a junior doctor in a district hospital in Perak. So after that, I had continued to be active in clinical research when I was continuing higher training in endocrinology in University Malaya Medical Center. So some of those medications that uh, were uh, trial in the clinical research are now approved and used widely in the treatment of patients uh, in hospitals and clinics around the world. Yeah, so it is rewarding to see your work uh, actually translate into uh, benefits that patients can accrue in real life. Oh, that's very amazing, doctor. So actually, right, can I ask what was your inspiration or motivation for you mm. to go into clinical research? Well, when you treat one patient, um, when you see a patient in clinic, you are treating that patient alone. Uh, if you are in research and you're actually trialing a product that can actually help, well, even change the landscape of uh, treatment of a disease, you're able to benefit many, many more people actually. So whenever there's an opportunity to do something uh, outside of your comfort zone, something of a different nature, by all means, go for it, especially if you have the guidance, you have the necessary support structure, then it's a good way to learn more and also to contribute more. Yes, agreed, Doctor. What do you think about the uh, landscape in Malaysia for uh, clinical research? Do you think that we are uh, well uh, developed and well uh, equipped in this area? We have several centers that are actually um, well regarded yeah, uh, internationally uh, in regards to clinical research. And there are many more centers that are actually being developed and improving year on year. Uh, when I started in my, my district hospital, we started the clinical research center together with my boss and we managed to get uh, several clinical trials started and from then on more and more came, our setup became more established. Yeah, but of course there's, there's been centers like for example in university hospitals and in the big general hospitals which the experienced investigators have started out years ago and they have continued to train people and train research nurses and they've got 
quite a good setup going already. So there, there are places where good research is being done yeah, in the country, uh, including, for example, Sarawak Health Heart Centre, where there have been many good uh, results from clinical trials that have emanated from that centre as well. Do you think this is a very uh, viable field for a lot of uh, young doctors to go into in the future? Definitely, definitely, yeah. So I think I have one final question for you, doctor. Sure. Uh, what is your advice to students who wish to uh, pursue research in the future or even research in endocrinology? I would say always, always keep an open mind and continue learning. Um, continuous personal development is important in this day and age when information is accruing at a breakneck speed. Yeah? So always keep participating in the latest conferences to keep up to date with new advancements so that we can be able to best help our patients. Mm, thank you, Doctor. That, that advice is a very golden advice. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of our listeners uh, who are uh, interested in pursuing uh, endocrinology or even research in the future. Uh, and with that, we have reached the end of our discussion. Uh, thank you so much once again, Doctor, for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. And You're we are welcome. very grateful for this wonderful uh, wonderful sharing, especially from such a highly regarded specialist such as yourself. Uh, I'm sure it has given us a better picture of the seriousness in diabetes uh, in mm. Malaysia, as well as given us a better insight on research as well. Um, so to our listeners, do subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and YouTube, as well as our Instagram. Uh, follow our Instagram so you do not miss out on any updates. And now we have reached the, the end of our final episode. Thank you so much for your support throughout our uh, debut season. I hope we have brought you a little bit of joy and a whole lot of insight. And for the very last time, my name is Michelle and I have been your host. Goodbye. Bye, thank you.